for just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Okay, friends, let's get real here for a second. You've heard the stats. It's a fact. Something like 90% of elk hunters don't generally punch their tags. So to us, that means one of three things. You resign yourself to becoming one of the possible 90% this coming fall, or you do what it takes to become one of the 10 percenters. Even better yet, how about we all just change the whole dadgum success percentage all together? Katie, bar the door. It's time for some grinders to put us a whooping on some of them stats. It's part four of our Elk Bros preseason elk hunting guide, Be In It to Win It. In this episode, let's talk about increasing opportunities through increased conditioning. And y'all, this is one you just might want to forward to your elk hunting buddies. That discussion, along with our Elk Bros shout outs, so, my friends, pull up a chair, adjust your volumes just right, and welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunting. Welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunting, brought to you by ElkGrows.com, with your host, Gilbert Ornelas, and elk hunting coach, Joe Gilly. You want to hunt elk? And they live to hunt elk. Their goal is to share with you what they have learned grinding it out for over 35 seasons, doing what they love. So come on into camp and set a spell. Welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunters. Hello there, everyone. If it's your first time with us, glad to have you. Hope you enjoy our show. And as always, for those blue collar hunters following our show and grinding it out with us every week, welcome back to Elk Camp. I'm Gilbert Ornelas, the host of your show, coming to you from Spring, Texas, and from Katy, Texas. That's right. One of the most important members of the Venezuelan <laughs> mafia. Careful. The most. Gonzalez. Yeah, <laughs> baby. From our DFW area. True mafia leader old, right here. The one and only Manano Graterón. <laughs> yes, sir. Your elk hunting <laughs> coaches are in the house. Leroy, the ninja Chavez, and Joe Gilly is in the house tonight. What's up, fellas? What's going <laughs> on, Bigo? How's everybody? We're doing good, brother. Good, if I was good. doing any better, Joe, I'd be wearing my brother's pants. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to see Manano with a smile uh, on his face tonight. He, I, yeah. Somebody no, asked me, they, they, they sent in an email and they were like, was that Manano or was that a mannequin? Because I didn't see him move for like 30 minutes straight, man. <laughs> that's, what happens. that's what happens when I break him. 
<laughs> no, that's what happened when you have two kids, <laughs> year and a half and two months. <laughs> I don't want to hear it, man. You brought that so many yourself, diapers. Dude, dude, dude we, we've all been there, dude. You wanted a bicycle, then paddle. Yeah. Okay, okay. Let <laughs> me say this. Wait, did he just say bicycle paddle? Or I thought you paddled with like a boat or something. Well, what do you do with a bicycle, well, so, Joe? So you then paddle. He Paddle, 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 both. My bad, but oh man, Joe, you, you don't miss nothing. Joe's oh, sharp as attack, guys. I'm telling man, you, don't, don't want to miss speak around old Mister Mister English over there. It's good. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah, the, the the redneck from the backwoods, Mister yeah. English. Right? <laughs> oh, I guarantee Joe didn't teach English in school. No, I got an F in English in school. Hey, man. Manana, how many diapers do you change today, bro? How well, today, today. Today was a good day, though. <laughs> you look good, man. I left, yeah, I left home around 1 o'clock, but till 1 o'clock I have changed, I don't know, 10 or 12. Dude, but, I, I, think, I think these things, no kid does 10 or 12 in a day. I got two kids. No, I got man. two kids. But listen, listen, you got to stop feeding them. Just stop feeding them. No, Tomas, I mean, it's just, a lot, it's just man. There's no, there, in, you cannot. Out. You cannot no. complain. You put this on yourself. I told ah, you. Absolutely. No, I'm not complaining. No, I'm just trying TV, to. You won't have this problem. Yeah, guys, we have a ton of content tonight, man. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm going to push us along a little bit. And I'm going to do, I, I just before we get going, and we're going to rock and roll, guys, for you guys this evening because um, this Lots is. Lots of content. Yeah, there's a lot of content with this and uh, and some important things for us to talk about in different ways here. But I want to give a quick shout out to some organizations, guys, that we think that you guys should give a follow. And um, you can get, and I mean, give them a follow on Instagram, check them out, look them up on the net, on the web. And then, um, you know, they're just such great organizations and causes. The first one, Second Chance Outdoors, and and then right behind them, the Warrior Mission Ranch. Different states, um, both of them deal with vets, and they do it in different ways. And it's just so. And and the Second Chance Outdoors is not only vets, but it's first responders as well. That's and cool. Uh, so cool what Logan is doing over there with that program. Um, and. You know, trying to be there. There's so many, there's so many first responders, vets out there that a lot of times think they're alone in a lot of these things. And the big message that they give is, "You're not. We're here." And it's just a cool message. And they get them involved back in the outdoors. And Mike McCabe and the Warrior Mission Ranch um, give that a look. He does things with vets and he does it with equestrian. And his program is just such a super. And they are actually doing a um, uh, a raffle this coming week. So go look up the Warrior Mission Ranch. They're trying to do a raffle to raise money for their program. Give them a holler. Um, Check them out. Help them out. It's a worthy program. And then Disabled Outdoors. They have different uh, different organizations in different states. But you'll see 
what this crew does um, where um, a disability is an ability and it's ability to overcome and they do things um, getting involved in the outdoors and and hunting and man I tell you what these some of the some of the great hunts these guys are doing and the great camaraderie and the way they're doing out there is just it's just a super super program and I just love the whole purpose of all these and so the Elk Bros are giving them a big tip of our hat and want you guys to check them out also before we move on Gilbert I know you're going to get us going here I just want to give a shout out man to our Patreon patrons um, and we're going to yell those names out in one of these other shows here and just give them a quick shout out because there's about 20 25 of our patrons man that they have been the ones that have really truly kept the lights on and let this program flourish and given us a way to help others help themselves and help us to help other people to enjoy this incredible uh, outdoor adventure that we call elk hunting. And um, I I just want to thank you guys, our patrons out there that have gone and and supported us in whatever way that you have done that. A big thank you to you guys, too. Yes, absolutely, man. We uh, you guys are like Joe said, help us keep the lights put on. on here to help us do what we love to do and we'll keep bringing the content man guys keep sending us emails too i get emails every week oh, heck I, yeah. I dig them man i had one this week uh and i know luis has some uh but enjoy all i mean we actually had a doctor reach out to oh, us. oh ben man. thompson huh yeah exactly doc, doc ben. ben yeah man i i, I take i emailed him back doc thanks for you know getting back with us man that's so awesome that he wanted to help us out you know he asked a few questions and this that and other and then offered his services you know if we need any foot or ankle questions or anything like that so super cool to have all that going on man yeah it is man appreciate our our listeners wanting to give back and help out oh man because look our listeners, you guys out there, over 6,000 cities, 70 countries, unbelievable. And it's you guys that, and we get such great reviews. And it's so cool that you guys take the time out because to honor the time that we're giving here. And that's what it feels like. When you do that, it's like it, it, it makes us know that what we're doing is the really fire. helping you. Yeah. Yeah, man, yeah. for sure. It, it has value. And and that's all it takes, man, is to know that things have value, right? Yep. Yes, sir. So, you bet. so thank yeah. you guys. You bet. Guys, y'all know what time shout it is. Out, shout time out, shout for the Elk Bros shout out. But if you're new to our show, this is just shout out to a few cities with the most listeners topping our charts this week. And we have one we have one video shout out today. Oh, um guys remember if you want to be part of these special shout outs, you can. Just get your cell phone, just take that puppy and take a ten to fifteen second video in this format, not this one right here in this format of yourself in landscape view and tell us your name where you're from and include a home of whatever line or something special about your hometown you can then send the video through a message on our elk bros instagram you want to find us on instagram look up elk bros that's e-l-k-b-r-o-s one word or email me joe at elkbros.com and i'll have a I'll set it up and send a link to you so that you can send it to our Dropbox, all right? We want to get you guys on our show. It's just so cool when we see your faces, man. So um, share. 
come on, let's uh, let's see you do that. Show your face and celebrate your place, okay? Uh, so I'm going to share today's video. Shane Rasmussen from Garden City, Utah, over here at Bear Lake at the Cisco Disco. Bear Lake's the home of the Bonneville Cisco, the only place in the world you can catch one and eat it. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Thank you, Shane. Dude. Thank you, Shane. That was cool. Cisco Disco. <laughs> yeah, buddy. yeah, Shane, man, appreciate that, bud. And now for our top listening cities. Starting off with the first one, uh, this top listening city is the capital and second largest city in Wisconsin and sits on the isthmus between Lake Mendota and Lake Monona. The uh, Ho-Chunk Indians called it Techopera, land of four lakes. It is known for a superb selection of craft beverages and features events like Great Taste of the Midwest, Craft Beer Week, and Isthmus Beer and Cheese Festival. And I noticed that on the CBS Sunday Morning Show that it was uh, rated the top city in the United States to live in. And that's Madison, Wisconsin. Madison, Wisconsin. The top-rated city? Yeah, Yeah, because they have, uh, you know, the water supply. uh, There aren't any natural disasters that are imminent in that area. So a lot of people are are moving to a safe place. A lot of people from California and, you know, other places. I thought it had to do with the superb selection of craft beverages. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure that don't hurt, Joe. It, it, It don't hurt, man. Up next. Okay, located on an island of the same name on Lake Washington, this city is part of a Seattle metropolitan area. It is connected by floating bridges, pontoon bridges, to Seattle and Bellevue. Recognized as one of the top 50 suburbs in the U.S., it offers over 475 acres of parks and open space including three public beaches and 50 miles of hiking trails. <laughs> this is going for Mercer Island, Washington. Mercer Island. Man, Mercer Island. look. You know, Loaded that beaches in there just yeah, to try yeah. to stump old Manano. But Manano, yeah, Joe. Joe like a pro, baby. How you keep, I mean, oh, don't do that on boy. me, Joe. Oh, boy. He reminded me of my days back in high school. <laughs> oh, my goodness, Joe. Don't oh, do that again, God. Joe. You know, don't do that again, brother. You know, <laughs> I was like, man, you can do this. You can do this. Oh, He's got his counselor voice out. Three public out. beaches. Yo, I <laughs> shouldn't speak too quick, but man, you're probably gonna have to speed that one up about 50% this time. I don't know. It might shorten up that sound of the beaches, man. So yeah. Yeah. we're not gonna do that. But hey, let me go back to the fact that Washington, man, our Washingtonians showing there, up all the time. Oh, guys, man, you guys are so phenomenal. And yep. and now you know uh, we we've had. Uh, so many people that are just hitting it so hard from the Washington area that, uh, man, I, 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 I mean, I'm not going to, just because you guys are doing such a good job at following us, I'm not going to tell everybody what an incredible elk hunting state that is. All right? I didn't. Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We won't say y'all need to be elk hunting in Washington all the time. Ooh, that's awesome. Well, next up, Joe, this city here is named after the Spanish words, 
for the meadows. This city is steeped in history. In, 19, in 1846, General Stephen uh, Kearney proclaimed New Mexico as part of the U.S. during the Mexican-American War on the town's plaza. President Theodore Roosevelt and his Rough Riders held their annual reunion here, home to over 900 buildings and homes that are listed on the National Register of Historic Places. This city is also the location for numerous movies and TV series. Among them are Easy Rider, Convoy, Red Dawn, Wild Hogs, No Country for <laughs> Old Men, Longmire, and House of Cards. It's also the home of Joe Gillius alma mater, New Mexico Highlands University, and Chavs High School alma mater, the Robertson High School in none other than Las Vegas, New Mexico. Yeah, Las, Las Vegas. Vegas, man. Las We've Vegas been through there a few times. Many, many times. Every time I come see Joe. <laughs> the, the Meadow I might, City. I might add that uh, about 10 miles up up the hill as the crow flies, Joe killed his first elk in oh, the Pecos, wow. Pecos Wilderness. That's yep. cool. So not, not yeah. too far from Las Vegas, huh? Nope. I, actually, off the mountain. I actually killed that elk at uh, about 40 yards uh, with no arrow rest. I went, I went to draw back and my arrow rest from hiking through the forest had gotten stripped off and I had to actually put my finger up on my handle <laughs> and draw back off my finger to be able to, to shoot that. Smoked yeah. him at 40 yards, fellas. Yeah, it was, uh, that was quite, that was something else. Las Vegas has uh, been tremendous in our life. Chav's family's from there. My wife's family's from there. Um, Las Vegas, uh, Highland, New Mexico Highlands University, our, our alma mater there. And, That's you know, cool. um, Chav, Chav has a very large family. Most people don't know. How many total brothers and sisters, Chav? Uh, I got seven, seven brothers, three sisters. <laughs> Woo! Wow. Maybe yeah, boomers. Like, kind of, kind of like Manano's family. Your parents didn't watch TV either, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they the been boomer. Yeah, that's what happened before cable came in, man. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Luis. All right, this top listening city is located on the southeast border of the city of Rochester. Oh, Rochester and was originally settled in 1790. It is known for the Monroe Avenue Bagel Bakeries and uh, Max Chop House Restaurant. This original, uh, the original residents were the Native American members of the Seneca tribe of the Iroquois Nation or Iroquois Nation. Got it. The Buffalo Creek Treaty of 1788 eliminated Seneca's claim to the area. None other than Brighton, New York. On the other side of the U.S., man. On the Brighton, other New side York. of Rochester. Thanks for listening. Rochester, yeah. Bit. Yeah, Awesome, man. So, last but not least, this city is home to one of the founding fathers of elk calling, Wayne Carlton himself, located in the upper Uncompadre Valley and is home to world-class outdoor recreation activities and known for its outdoor manufacturing products. Guys, this place is like the epicenter for the outdoors. These companies include Scott's Fly Rods, Able, Airflow, Ross Reels, and Gordon Composites, who is the maker of 90% 
of the high-performance laminate material used in the bow hunting industry. And I, I just want to give a shout-out. You know, for me, growing uh, up and becoming a bow hunter, Wayne Carlton, Larry D. Jones, yeah. was uh, those were the guys, man. And, yeah. you know, of course, all of us always heard about Fred Bear and, and those things, yet, you know, uh, uh, Mr. Walker, Mr. Doug Walker, but, you know, Wayne Carlton and Larry Jones were the guys, man. And Wayne's son, Mark, has continued the tradition and passion with his own elk call company, Native by Carlton. And this is in none other than the elk country of Colorado, Montrose, Colorado. Montrose, Colorado. Yep, my my bugle tube is one that a, a famous elk cutter gave me about 10 years ago. And it's a Carlton bugle tube. Yep, the Carlton uh, Mega man. That's uh, it's awesome. Yeah, um, and I and I, you know, I think that Hunter Specialties that bought that f- from Wayne mm-hmm. is stopping production of those. So oh no, gotta yeah. find a few on eBay. Hurry yeah. up. Well, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not gonna let any. Uh, cats out of the bag but there might be something else happening in the future for oh that, so back. <laughs> <Black> secrets <laughs> tonight's one, topic yo. let's get let's get rocking and rolling on this Good man buddy. uh guys like we told you before the goal of the elk preseason guide series is to give you our tips and let me make sure that you guys are clear on this these are our perspectives and how we do it we're not saying that we know everything because well, I try to tell my wife that every now and then, but she don't. No, they let us know real quick. <laughs> tell sure as hell don't know everything. <laughs> but the, the whole thing about this series, guys, is to try to get you rolling in the right direction and help you have a plan on this upcoming season, no matter what level you are, the what, when, why, and how to hunt elk this year. And we've already done three um, parts to this. This is part four. Tonight, our topic is increased conditioning, increased opportunities. Next week will be situational prep and scenario training ideas. See it, do it, be it. Uh, Part six after that will be eight key mindset components of successful elk hunting. Part seven will be learning to paint with your elk calling. Part eight. Uh, will be elk scouting focus goals and realities. And again, we are still adding to that list as we're going. So there will probably be even more. And like I said, the whole goal, man, is to get you guys ready. We want you to go in and know and ha- that you have the ability to get it done this year. Okay? So let's rock with tonight's part four, increased conditioning, increased opportunities. So... Guys, I'm going to put a question out out for you guys right now, and this is how we're going to start it off. When we look at the whole picture of an elk hunt, how important is the relationship of conditioning to elk hunting success? (laughs) I tell you, I tell you right now, brother. um, For me, it's every year. I mean, you know, I've I've struggled for many years when I first started out with conditioning, and that that held me back, you know. Uh, so for me, it's one of the top things that I have to do every year to be able to 
to push through because it you know we hunt in some tough environment and there's a lot of guys that are out there they're diy guys that hunt in really tough environment even higher than we hunt joe oh absolutely the air that we breathe is pretty daggum light but there's places in colorado where they're twelve thousand feet you know and uh i mean that's much higher than what we're we're hunting in but for me there's just you know again you know when i when i got on the mountain i was 335 340 pounds man there's the the enjoyment of the hunt was awesome the first 40 yards (laughs) (laughs) after that man i mean i was freaking going uphill both ways going and coming you know so son i mean when we talked about it yeah i mean I needed to get my, my fat ass in shape. And look, round is round is a shape. You know, but, Gilbert, you, you, I mean, I think there's t-shirts going. We got guys making t-shirts right now that are saying round is a shape. Right? Round is a shape. Damn right. Look, I've said well, that. Beto, come on, man. Every year you show up in camp, you, you've you lost 100 pounds. Yeah, because I got 270. 270 is a number. That's all I, I hear. Remember. I lost 100 pounds. I, from yeah, 270. What y'all don't understand, man, is when I get home, my wife goes to cooking in, in, uh, in <laughs> oh, November. So you, and look, we had gain COVID back up. go on. I'm telling you, COVID will put it on you, right? The COVID quarantine <laughs> weight, right? So I, it was tough. And then I had a foot problem this year. Look, the year before, I came into camp and I was in really good shape 260 yep. pounds. And I mean, I was really good shape. And I had to be, because I'm telling you, Joe would have killed me the three days we were together going up and down, up and down, up and down. In and- <laughs> circles. circles. The same mountain, right? If I wouldn't have been in good shape, I'd have died. I'm telling you. Brendan, Brendan was horribly, you know, going like, oh, my God, he's going to kill us. we got to go up that mountain again, right? In so, circles. Yeah, for me, for me, 100%, I would say my diet and my exercise – Guys, I, I I don't mean to boast. I can shoot the heck out of a daggum bow, right? Yes, you can. I can, I can flat shoot, right? That is never going to be my weak point, mm-hmm. right? I just, unless my eyes go or I can't see any longer or something like that, uh, it's just not, I, I've, I've done it so long since I was a kid, I can shoot a bow. But getting myself to the animals in that country, <laughs> it's a hike. <laughs> and, uh, I can tell you, these boys have all had this anchor, yo soy, right here, right behind them. And, uh, you know, I, I huff and puff a lot, and I might even grumble a little bit. But at, the, at the end of the, the, end of the show, uh, you know, go. it's about being in You can go. You're going to kill me. <laughs> Just, you know, leave me right here to die. Y'all come bury me. <laughs> so, but, okay, so, Gilbert, you said, all right, like, when I met you, you were 330, right? Yeah, 335, and, 330. Yeah, and do you – so what – I guess the point that I want to make is is that can people in that condition still kill an elk? Yes, they can. Heck yeah, man. Heck right. You know, blind hog can find an acre in anywhere. Yeah. You know, but your, your success is really going to grow right with your oh, conditioning. Man. Your ability to have opportunities is going to go right according to your conditioning. And, and yeah, and, and you know, the older I get, the more methodical with that conditioning that I must be, you know, yeah. 
I, and, and when I'm hunting, I know what, how to expend that energy. You know, right. I, I'm real slow and methodical as we're going. So I'm conserving energy. And then boom, when you hear some, man, it's time to roll, right? I can do that. I mean, I don't have any problem doing that. It's the recovery that <laughs> takes a little bit of time. But in, in only never, one speed. Yeah, it's slow, it. but it's one speed. I'm going to get there. You know, in case in point this year, when I forgot all about how, how out of shape and how bad my foot hurt when we got in the middle of them bulls and had to just sail down that mountain, right? And before you know it, I'm dragging my bow back, you know, huffing and puffing. I'm dragging the bow back and I'm releasing an arrow. So, um, you know, for me, Joe, it's 100% the most important thing I do because I'm not 35, 40 years old like these flat-bellied gentlemen that we got here hunting with us from the, from the well, south. Things, things are uh, changing for them, too, man. I think, you yeah. know, <laughs> things start to change, man. As you, you know, those guys hitting it out there in their 20 that have been running around all the time, you know, I mean, if, if you've been doing any kind of decent life where you're not smoking um, and just, you know, uh, just chugging the beer all the time and growing on the couch, man. I mean, you guys get out there, you're running around working at a young age. You know, you can do some of this stuff a whole lot easier. And I think there's times when you take things for granted. Uh, because as you start to go and you get older in age, you start to take for granted the fact that I might have to work a little harder to feel like I did. You well, know? and smarter and smarter. You yeah. Know? Uh, yeah. Look, it, for me, you know, the hit training like uh, like Luis has been doing uh, high intensity where I go for I go really hard for really short periods of time. That, you know, I don't need to run a marathon to mm -hmm. elk hunt. You know, I need to be uh, good with that quarter mile, half mile, really get after it, you know, cut the distance get my body to recuperate so those are the things for me and then having my body healthy you know 51 years old having my body healthy to be able to to keep up with the cardiovascular training for, and, and again you know some of the strength training too just doing some simple calisthenics you know push and we're going to talk we're, we're going to talk more about that we're going to you know as we get down there a little yeah, bit yeah talk a little more of what we're yeah doing. I, and i and i'd say joe if can i be can you be in shape and not have success to the contrary of what you said can you be out of shape and have success yeah you can be in shape and not have success sure right so i mean i, I i've seen that happen you know i'm totally out of shape and kill a bull and guys that could run circles around me hadn't you know yeah, well, so. i mean i i see it as building blocks you know there are several things that you you kind of need to have the whole package in order to maximize your opportunities i think some I things agree. some things will help you maximize opportunities but you may be lacking on others that are taking that number down right sure. that, that probability down so the point is to kind of identify what your weaknesses are see your strength is you know the shooting right so yeah. if you feel your weaknesses the conditioning then you need to maximize work on your conditioning in order yeah. to kind of you know maximize your whole total bottom line score i guess not only just to get the opportunities Luis. But to have an enjoyable experience, because uh, yeah. I'm going to tell you right now, man, you, you've been there three days yep. into the hunt, and yes, that altitude's sir. weighing on you and your bones, and you're, 
I mean, everything hurts. Yes, sir. Your scalp even hurts. I mean, it's, it's freaking <laughs> rough, dude. You get out of bed that third morning, and, man, you can't hardly move, yeah. dude. You know, yeah. it's it, it's not anything other than you're not it keeps in shape. You, it you keeps know? you humble. I mean, it doesn't what? matter. Look it, you in the face like a shitty mop. I mean, <laughs> it will humble you, you know. Yeah, it, it keeps so. you humble. I, I, I agree. I think, you know, it doesn't matter – I feel that I've had ups and downs in my journey of, you know, going out the mountains with, with Joe there. And I started out very badly out of shape. Uh, I could still keep up, but to the point of, you know, it wasn't enjoyable. I was tired. I was catching my breath, right? Maybe for the first couple of hunts. But then after that, I was like, man, I don't, I don't want that anymore. So um, started, started training a little harder, trying, trying to put more hours and exercising some more and uh it just feels better and better every time uh but it's not like it's gonna make it go away you know you get there you're gonna feel tired you're gonna feel out of breath it's just you're you're minimizing the the impact yeah Yeah, but you know yeah that's just it you're mitigating that and and it's it's not like a distance runner does not feel it when they're running hard distance it's just that their recovery is quicker yes sir and yes sir and and how they feel after they do that hard work feels differently it's not like they're just bogged down and they're hammered and they just got to go someplace and fall apart i agree and there is a mental factor to that too joe yeah sure because you know the fact that in your mind you know you put in the hours you put in the work it just kind of makes makes you believe more in yourself when you're up in the mountains and you start feeling it. it's like okay i've been prepping for this yeah so i I can keep going you know i I know i can do this and i can handle it and look it last last year it took me it took me a a few uh, the first couple days or so before i felt like okay i'm evening it out now i feel i feel Mm -hmm. good so by the third day i was like okay i got this i you know i can i feel way better you know yeah yeah towards the end of the hunt i was like man that it paid off and mm-hmm. it paid off because of what you're saying, because I was able to enjoy it more because I was able to, you know, um, I was ready for opportunities if I needed to kind of speed up, slow down. And, uh, and yeah, I, it, it's a must to <sighs> me. It's a must. And if you I am tired, for sure. I'm tired of going through the cycles. Yeah. I decided that this year wasn't going to be the case. <laughs> So I'm trying to maintain my my work my workout ethics. Yeah, me too. He got he got tired to go behind me. That's all the yeah. he's worried about. He yeah. going behind me all the time. Yeah, that's uh, that's fine. Look I, I'm, my... I'm putting, yeah, let's uh, we'll see what happens this year. Yeah, see if the diaper changing is going to help you out in the mountains this year, bro. <laughs> no, no, you, you're not. You're never... not 35 anymore, brother. You're not 35 anymore, brother. You know, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm 40. waiting for that to sneak up on Manano because Manano's yeah. always been a phenomenal. You know. No, man, I don't have any that problem. Yeah, uh-huh. you know that, that's good, man. Mm-hmm. I will have it yeah. some someday, yeah. but <laughs> for now, <laughs> you're gonna keep seeing my butt. <laughs> Some of it's just plain stubbornness. I can yeah. tell you that straight up. It's straight up what they call corazón, you know, heart. But you, so, uh, you got it. You got it. The thing, the thing that we always let people know. And look, you guys that are listening to this, 
I, I want you to hear this real, real clear, okay, is that for your hunt to be a success, it's dependent on two things. For your hunt to be a success, and that is you have to have an encounter, an opportunity, and you have to be able to capitalize on that opportunity. All right, that's for your hunt to be a success. That has to occur. Now, for you to be consistently successful as an elk hunter, that's dependent on you to be able to create your opportunities, not just wait on a chance encounter. See, on the first one, for my hunt to be successful, for me to have an encounter, there's so many ways I can have that. I could dumb into that encounter, right? Um, I can hear an elk bugle and I can go find that elk or I can wait at a wall or I can get in a tree stand or I can find a transition. There's all kinds of ways that that can happen. But a lot of times most elk hunters in that situation are either coming across one or they're waiting on a situation for that to happen. And for you to be consistently successful, you have to be able to create those opportunities, not wait on a chance encounter. And then, y'all, you have to be efficient at closing the deal. you got to be deadly in the red zone. So when we're talking about conditioning, <laughs> if, and look, let me give you a reality. Uh, if you're from the Midwest, and you've never been in the mountains of the West, if you're from Texas and you've never been to mountains of the West, let me tell you, if you're, if you're from any flat part of a state and you've never been to the mountains and you have this idea, you've seen all these videos and you think, okay, I'm going to look on a map and, okay, this is where I'm going to start and I'm going to go down this hill. I'm going to go up that little hill right there on that, on that base map app right there. I'm going to go up it and I'm going to go to that meadow and then I'm going to go down to the next ridge and then you're going to get there and you're going to actually see you're going to be at a point where you can see that hill in front of you. You're going to go, holy crap. Where did that one bump up from? Where, I mean, <laughs> I, that's, you, the part. that's just a little bump on my, on my base map, app, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at that. Now I've got to go down and you look down and it's like this canyon going down. Then you got to come up the other side, right? Or you look over there and you're seeing that. It looks so far away, right? And sometimes when you're at the bottom, you look up and it looks like it's so high. That can be daunting to you, especially if you see that hill and you start to go up that hill, like Gilbert said, for the first 40 yards. And you're like, oh, my God, is this what it's going to be like, right? Mm -hmm. So in order for you to create opportunities, you ask these fellows, man, if we're on a ridge— and we hear a bull bugle. We don't. And we don't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's three ridges away. Yeah. yeah. Time Look. to kick the tires and light the fires, boy. The only way you can kill an elk is if you find an elk. And if that means that that son of a buck sounds off two ridges over, guess where we're going, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we're taking off. And. You know, I mean, we've actually, uh, Chav and I, um, a good friend, shout out to Don C.D. Baca. Don, if you ever listen to this, I don't know that he ever will, but we were hunting with Don. Remember that, Chav, at, at the oh, trip yes. together? I will never forget that one. <laughs> you know, talk, talk about, I heard an elk, you know, we were we were on top of this uh, mountain, <laughs> and we're, we're looking through our binoculars, and, and about 
gosh, as a crow flies, probably it looked like 20 miles, but it was probably only five miles away. Uh, we see elk, and uh, Joe says, "Okay, let's go." And we're like, we looked at each other like, "Holy cow!" Because it took mm -hmm. us half an hour just to get down off that mountain, and then we did we did run into elk. But the uh, the trip back was crazy. You know, we had to we had to scale that mountain, and uh, it was kind of a bald mountain. I'm not sure exactly uh, what caused that, but there's a lone pine right in the middle of that mountain, and it took us almost an hour. As we're going up, up, right? We can see that lone pine. Now, now the listeners need to listeners need to understand yeah, that, that when Chaff point. says it was crazy, <laughs> that's just another level. We don't understand Chaff's level of oh, that crazy was crazy crazy <laughs> when we got back to camp uh don walked straight to his tent and fell asleep didn't want to eat i didn't want to eat <laughs> 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 yeah, i think the what the point joe's trying to get across is uh you know the more conditioned you are uh the better chances that to create opportunities and as uh, banano said last week is he doesn't believe in luck you know, if you prepare enough, you make your own luck. And that's a lot of that's just getting a condition. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, I've heard of people shooting a, an elk that walk by their camp. <laughs> you know, you don't have to be in great shape, but that doesn't occur very often. But to be consistent, you know, like like our group has been the last couple of years, uh, you know, you want to be in good shape so that when that opportunity comes, you can close out the deal. Absolutely, man. And And guys, look. We're really trying to give you a real picture here. We, we, we're not sugarcoating this. And it doesn't mean that you're going to get in such good shape that it's not going to be hard, but it's going to be a different kind of hard. And it's going to be something that you can do. And you're going to be willing to go into the hard places that other people won't. Remember, a lot of times, you know, there's a lot of people trying to find these critters. And a lot of times it just comes down to who's willing to go where some people won't. And, and that doesn't mean it has to be 8, 10 miles back into the wilderness. Sometimes that's only two, two miles off of, off of a road, you know, that most people are passing. But you got to go down into something and go up the other side. Anytime you have, you're on a ridge where you got to drop down and you got to go up on the other side, it's kind of like hurdles in track and field. Everybody wants to be a sprinter in track and field. But then yeah. as soon as you put a hurdle on the track, that eliminates... 90% of the field, just like that, just like that, because they don't want to deal with the hurdle, right? So th that's what I'm telling you is, is just by doing that, you increase your opportunity. So I think we, we've spoke to that. But I also want to tell you this, that it, it doesn't, you know, a lot of times when we hear about what it takes to be in elk shape, and we're going to talk about just what it means to be in elk shape, you know, what does that mean? What does that take? Um, a lot of times when we talk that people think that they have to go through these masochistic programs or go join a gym or go do th these types of things. Let me tell you, man, um, that every one of you has the ability, no matter what your size, what your age, you know, uh, all of you have the ability to improve your condition. Every one of you. Now you can do all the excuses, you can do all the justifications that you want. 
And and we don't and it's not about this macho thing either. It's not we're not into this thing where you go, Oh, I did twenty miles today, so I'm an elk hunter. No, man. It it it's about having the ability to close a deal on an animal, or increase your opportunities. If you hear something going off or you know that there's going to be an area that's going to be tough for other people, that you have that ability to get into there. That's all we're talking about. It's about you having an opportunity and creating that, okay? And yep. so let's talk about what it means to be in elk shape. What would you consider, Chab, it means to be in elk shape? Well, you know, the ability to um, grind it out, you know, regardless of the situation. And a lot of times, uh, and I know what Hill, that Gilbert is talking about, that we had to climb three or four times. And hey, what, that, that gets you. You know, when you get to the top, you're out of breath. You know, your chest is burning. But there's an elk bugling on the other side, and that keeps you going. But uh, when you get an elk shape, that means not just uh, your cardio, but also, you know, the muscles that, that require work you know, draw the bow, obviously, but, mm -hmm. uh, you know, when you're climbing uh, up a hill or even going down, sometimes it's harder going downhill. Especially going on the deadfalls. You know, you got you to gotta prepare yourself for that, too. So there's a lot of, of uh, work that your knees and ankles have to get in shape for. You know, if you're walking around a track to get in shape, that that's going to be good in the early stages. But later on, as it, as it gets closer to the season, you want to challenge yourself with with some hill work of some kind or getting out to a park that has hills and instead of taking the trails you know go um oh what do they call it bushwhack mm -hmm. yeah you know, just just go right through the thick stuff because uh, that's stuff that a lot of people don't don't train for and they just don't get used to that and uh, i know a lot of people that uh you know general workouts you don't carry anything in your hands and it's probably a good idea to start carrying a five pound weight and increase it to 10 pounds. And that'll simulate carrying a bow. So, yeah, let's, so let's make sure people understood and heard that there because there was a little burble when, when you said that uh, I, from our internet connection. But I mean, I tell you, if you have not carried anything in your hands about day two of carrying a bow or carrying a rifle, you know? Yeah. Man, your your shoulders, your traps and stuff are just they're just screaming at you, man. It yeah, just, it's the uh, same thing. It's the same thing with carrying binoculars in a backpack. You know, your neck's gonna be all sore the next day, and it, you know those binoculars hardly weigh anything nowadays, but you can feel it. Oh yeah. So so when you're walking, or you know, also carry a backpack and just add pounds to it as as the months or weeks progress, so that. Uh, you're used to, you know, carrying that. And then when you get home and you're dead tired, pull the bow out and shoot. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. how it's going to be up in the mountain. So to be in elk shape, if we were able to paraphrase that, a person should be able to walk long distances. They should be able to go up terrain and down terrain, stepping over things with weight on their back and weight in their hands. Right, I mean, this is kind of what I'm what I'm hearing, right? No, yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's something for you guys to think about: is that all right? 
there's also going to be one other thing that's going to happen for you as one of our grinders is you're going to put an elk down on the ground. And that means if you're a half mile in, if you're a mile in, that means that now the work begins. So, uh, I mean, it's a whole different, it's, it's a whole different kind of work. And it, yeah. there's just, you know, especially for those first few pack outs, man, the pride is just beaming and stuff. But after a while, let me tell you what, it is work. And so this is a small percentage of the actual hunt, but you have to have your body prepared for that or it becomes dangerous or it becomes a situation where you're not able to get an animal out and you end up losing some meat if it's a, if it's a tough situation, right? So, uh, so elk shape means that you've got to be able to do the grind of the hunt. You got to be able to do the walking. You got to be able to do, and and let me tell you, you got to be able at times to go. And when when Gilbert was talking about hit training, H I T, high intensity training, and that's something where all you have to do is even on an uphill with a pack on your back, and if it's stuff you have to at first, don't do it with anything to step over because yeah. it can wear at you, man. But you got to go hard for 10 to 20 seconds where your body is just really taxing itself and then you have 10 seconds off then you go 20 seconds hard and then you have 10 seconds off it is an intense high intensity training it only takes two minutes to get a workout in but it is one of the toughest workouts yeah one of the things that's important is you know depending on your age um there are levels in which you can bring your heart rate up that are safe you know, uh, the older you get, obviously your 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 heart rate. You want to keep it at a lower uh, heart rates, and make sure that if you're gonna do these things, at least you do it with See somebody that knows how to. Or yeah, make sure your doctor you know approves it. Okay. Yeah, because it's it's not it's not as easy as just going in and just doing it yourself. Sometimes you can hurt yourself. You can yeah. Um, it, it's uh. The, the heart rate limits are up there and for if you sustain those for too long it can cause issues too so mm-hmm. my recommendation would be is look uh, yeah go make sure that you can do these type of exercise understand your limits and then go with people that know try to find a good support system you know if if you know of a gym or a place that you can visit where they do this professionally that's probably the best way to do it if you don't um, there are apps that that would yeah. start you uh, pretty slow. You put in there your weight, your height, your goals, and and it will just start start you pretty slow, and then kind of build up, right? That's what I did last year. Yeah. And uh, so, but as a disclaimer, though, what you sure. did is have a banana also <laughs> with a big, big structure metal backpack yeah yeah yeah. hauling all that meat out of yeah let's let's not forget who packed your uh your your elk last year but let's keep on talking um (laughs) i I think 100 (laughs) percent. but uh luis hits on a great point before you get started in any of these exercise programs please consult your physician and make sure that you're healthy enough to do these things and absolutely and 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 i want to add to that too is if you're do if you wait till the last month 
you wait mm-hmm. until the last two months, that's when you're really putting and setting yourself up yeah. for mm-hmm. injury and you're setting yourself up for what Start Louise now, is talking boys. about. Those people, if you have, and, and I tell you, there's a, you know, Luis is talking like he's worried about us old folks, but if you're the type of person that this is a year-round type thing that, you know, let me, let me tell you what Chav every day was like, you know, is that if you realize that this is a marathon and not a sprint, yeah. If you work into this instead yes, of trying to bulldoze into it, if yeah. you have a training, see, that's the difference Reggie. between performing Reggie. and training. Most yeah. people try to train like they're performing. Um, yeah. we, we used to have kids that Get in injured. practice would try to race in practice. Mm-hmm. And then when it came time to race, the body couldn't do that because it wasn't trained. And yeah. So you've got to you've got to work at training. You start with small steps and you build up. Yes, sir. And you you don't hammer it right away. And understand that you are going to get there. Every step leads to the next mile. Yes, sir, and yeah. so you just gradually get that and you're going to get better to where that beginning is going to look. Yeah. I tell people and I'll let you go Luis here in a second because when I would do my workouts, I would I would actually start doing hikes and i do a lot of hiking because i believe that and and here's my theory is that um training and conditioning should replicate or prepare you for the activity that you want to succeed at and then train accordingly to that so i would always start out in hiking mode for certain distance i would in increase that pace and for you guys that are looking for something i think anybody can get on a treadmill if you get to a point on a treadmill where you're going 4.2 miles an hour on a treadmill for an hour right 60 minutes at 4.2 miles per hour you're going to hit four miles right there if you're able to do that yeah you're able to get out there in the hills right now that doesn't mean you haven't done some of your hill work that you need to do and i i still recommend the hill training but as far as your conditioning so we always started out hiking and then it was it would be like 80 percent of walking hiking 20 percent of jogging running and then we gradually change that as the months go Mm -hmm. by Right, your your body will also tell you. It will absolutely how, right, how, how it feels and, and and whether or not you can give it a little bit more. Um, see, one one of the things that you know, and you said now you talking about all us old people. I, I'm considering myself in the same bucket, and I'm talking out of experience <laughs> yeah. because yeah, when I first when I first I I decided one day I was like yeah I'm I'm young enough. You know, I'm going to do this F45 thing, right? So I joined this F45 gym. The first day, Joe, I about passed out. I was on the floor, dizzy. I, I swear my blood pressure when just friggin' it was floored. I couldn't get up. It took me a while to – I was about to call my wife to ask her to come pick me <laughs> up, right? So yeah. that was – I'm just talking out of experience. It's like, hey, man, you know, yeah, you I – I'm not the I'm not the soccer player I used to be where I could run a mile in five minutes and thirty eight seconds. You know, I, I can I can now run I can now run a mile in you know, when I started running it was like eleven minutes. Okay. I'm down to nine and a half now and you know, it feels like it's getting better and better. But you can't the point is you have to just gradually build up. 
you can't you can't just wait for the last month or so and then just decide to go so ahead and do let it. me ask you this what do you think are the most important elements or focus areas of conditioning for people what what is it you know we talk about elk shape so they're going well what do i need to work to get an elk shape cardio cardio yes cardio uh, is probably the number one thing yeah, yeah, I agree with Beto. I think you need, oh, especially for us flatlanders, mm-hmm. you know, you need to have the cardio in good shape. When you get up in the mountains, is the first thing that's going to challenge you. But you, you also gotta have, to you got to eat too, because to do that yeah. cardio, you're going to burn a whole <laughs> bunch of calories. So you got to, you know, it's just like a race car. You put fuel in the race car, race car runs good. No fuel, no winnow. So, I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, got to put fuel in the race car and good fuel too, you know. You guys, when y'all get these workouts plans, you know, y'all are going to carve up and go do your workout. And then when you're done with the workout, got to have some protein to build muscle and yeah. stuff, right? And then get them legs strong, man. Just yeah. just keep working on your legs. Yeah. Um, you know, as your body lets you know that you core. can give it, you know, you can give it more than just push it a little bit more. Try to try to extend the miles you run, you know, go from walking to jogging to try running in, in sections so the hit workout doesn't have to be just in weights. It can also be hit in running in, in well, sections it can, like you do, it Joe. Can, it can be hit and going up a steep hill, man. I mean, Correct. with weight on your back. Up, I mean, up and down stairs. Yes, yeah, absolutely, hey, you man. You get on a treadmill, you don't have to run at all. You put that thing in a 30-degree incline, son, I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> and try that for 10 minutes, son. You'll be you be throwing up your toenails. Well, and that's a point I want to make to those guys that are in my age group, too, is that – the running sometimes is harder really on the body, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, do you High have impact. to be a runner? No, you don't. No. It's about getting your heart rate up. And if That's you right. can do that with steep inclines, if you can do that with stair steps mm-hmm. um, where you're doing low impact but you're doing hard intensive type stuff, that's going to get that heart rate up. So that uh, that's something that. Uh, I want you to think about as far as that. And, and I'll tell you, you, you heard them say cardio. You heard him say legs. It, you make your living elk hunting on your legs. You make your yeah, living on your legs. But you take somebody like myself, and Chab doesn't do a whole lot of heavy weight lifting. But myself, I am not, I'm kind of under doctor's orders where I'm not able to lift weights. I have to do all body weight type stuff. And yeah. I tell you, body squats um burp burpees look i'll tell you this if you have no time for a whole bunch of different exercises burpees are the number one best all-around exercise that you could do i i want to i want to make a extend an invitation and it's actually a challenge yo i started it yesterday okay Uh it's uh it's 30 days 1500 burpees you can do them how you, however you want, you can do them broken into five, into fours, into so tens. So what, what I would tell somebody is is, is don't listen to Luis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you got? Oh, my goodness. You're can somebody hand me a pistol? Hey, it's only 50 burpees a day. It's yeah. only 50 burpees a it's day. It's only oh, 50 burpees oh, a day. For somebody that's never that's done a, a burpee, lot. man, I tell you, try to do 10 don't a day. Don't do 10 burpees try and you're going to throw up. <laughs> try to do 10 a day on your first a good month. meal because you'll eat it twice. Start, you know, try to do 10 burpees like 
and and so Sunday you don't do anything on Sunday for six days. Try to do ten burpees uh, oh, for man. for a no, month. Man. Okay, and then once you get to that next month, see how you can do as far as progressing. But don't don't get into this thing of you've got to be this to be able to do that you just have yeah. to get that body woke up all right exactly yeah. um, no, no i do I core ex- i do core exercises absolutely planks you know planks those core exercises it's real important to have a real strong core what we can't replicate joe is we can't replicate replicate the surface that we're going to be hunting on and that in itself takes a lot of calf and outer leg dexterity right yeah so those little things like curb touches, I mean, we go out on the curb and just do calf raises and those things, those are really good because they help strengthen your calves and ankles and everything else. Because this, this country that we, I mean, it, you might as well be walking on the face of the moon and all rubble. For everybody out there, even you take a look, if you're in flat Texas right there, uh, and what Gilbert's talking about is that incline where it makes your toes have to go up. Now, steps won't do that because they're going to stay flat. But if you find overpasses, especially long overpasses, those hills on the side are a lot of those steep ones like mm. that. And a lot of them have some good height to them. So sure. if you run over them. Yeah, if, yeah, you don't want to do it here in Houston. They'll run your damn ass over, I promise you. You'll be a Ted Cone tire mark. If you <laughs> want to find something, you can find it. Yeah, I do it yeah. out here on my curb, man. It's, mm-hmm. you know, really tall curbs, and you can get – you know, some really good leverage there and, and do calf raises. And, uh, you know, um, I, Joe, again, what would you, what would you recommend for people to, to get started, to get motivated? Because that was the toughest thing for me. It's just like, start I couldn't walking. Find... I, I yeah, had a, walk. I, I had a friend that, uh, that I was talking to on IG the other day and, you know, he was telling me, you know, his, his journey, um, about how overweight he is and how much he wants to be out there in, in the woods. And I was like, are you walking? Because th- uh, that's where you start. You start with one foot in front of the other. You start yeah. putting on walking. And if that means walking for a half hour at first, then you walk a half hour. If you get to the point and you have the ability to walk for an hour, and people are like, well, when do I do that in my life? I'm up at five in the morning, man. I don't have to be, but I'm up at five in the morning because I know what my carrot is and where I want to be, right? Mm. So if you want to find a way, you can. Uh, There's times where, you know, you come in, you just kick it at the house, and you're going to sit there and veg out for two hours. Shoot, man, throw on your headphones. Get out there and start walking, man. Mm. Go with um, uh, the love of your life out there. Take the dog. Poor dog, man. These COVID dogs are getting worn out. I know they are, but <laughs> but mm-hmm. yeah, it, the whole thing is is you can find a reason not to do something, or you can just put one foot in front of the other. So to your question, you start walking, and, and then, start slow, man. Start with start, one mile, absolutely. Or if you can't do one mile, half a mile, and, and increase it every week ten percent. If, if you've never done a burpee, try doing five. If yeah. you've never done a plank. Uh, and, and we'll put some of these, what they are, look up what a plank is, 
try to do a plank seconds. for 15 to 20 seconds because yeah. for people who have never done it, core strength, Whew. it can get tough, man. I mean, yeah, 30 you seconds, st you're you shaking. Start, you start shaking at second number five. Man. Yeah. yeah. Like a so, dog trying to crap a peach seed. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the whole thing oh my lord man the whole thing you just gotta start man oh oh we've just gone off the edge man we just got off the edge. So you, can edit, you can edit that if you want to Joe. you can hit yeah. the floor so the the, the the point is you got to just start right you have to start and right. and, and look it's not about doing a ton. It's about being consistent. So right. if I just walk on Monday and then I don't walk again <clears throat> till the following Monday. Oh, you start over. It yeah. resets. Yeah. Got to go happens? at least every other day. What happens for every two days that you're off, Chap? Every two days off, you probably lose a week every every day you're off. Yeah. Yeah. Or more, depending on, on the situation. Absolutely. Well, yeah, you just want to do be consistent, even if it's not a whole lot, like Gilbert said, you know, and you could alternate, you know, if you're, if you're up to a mile, maybe the next day do half a mile. Uh, and B, what you really have to learn is to read your own body. Yeah. You know, your body will tell you, hey, take, stuff, take a day off, you know, let, let your body recuperate. <laughs> yeah, and, and I tried, you know, for me, I don't, I'm a little more advanced than just the mile thing. So for me, it's three. That's where I start at. All right. I go, I go on my three mile walk and I'll do some hit sprints in the middle of that. Uh, my knees can't take the constant pounding of running. Right. So, right. uh, cause I'm, I'll be sore for a week afterwards and I won't want to go walk. So I, I, man, I really put it in high gear a lot of times and really walk fast, like, you know, as fast as you can possibly walk for 20 minutes and then uh or for 20 seconds and then i shut it down and i will do some intermittent sprints because my my lead, my knees will take that but man I, my my walks start at three miles and you know that takes me about 45 minutes so uh to go a three That's mile right yep. and then i build from there and by the time i'm ready to go elk hunting i'm on six or seven I'm, i go have my wife drop me off six seven miles from there yeah, because if, if you're doing three miles in 45 minutes you're doing just about four miles an hour so yeah you know yeah and i, I have kelly go drop me off about six seven miles from the house and i walk home you know and uh you i and i walk on the sides of the roads it's edges i got a backpack on i got my big stick with me that i carry that simulates my bow uh but it's really for the crazy yeah, ass man, I stuff, the backpack thing uh people started kind of looking i i had some i had some i had some girls actually run away from me once yeah. here uh, in the neighborhood well, like, man, I, I have I my know. elk call i have my elk calls with me you'd be surprised how much work you can get in in six six seven miles when you call it yeah, you know, absolutely. So, I, you know, I've had a couple of police officers stop by and check on me and everything. Everything is good. Let, let me tell you up to. Let me tell you something else you can include because one of the areas that we haven't talked about that for me has been one of the most important that I find that I can strengthen while I'm including it while I'm doing my hiking, and that's my shoulder work. 
Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, I do everything from shadow boxing to, to bottle caps to pulls mm-hmm. to uh, what I call air swimming. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of shoulder exercises while mm-hmm. I'm doing that hiking. I utilize and now I'm burning more calories. Now I'm getting mm-hmm. my heart rate up even more by mm-hmm. adding a different type of exercise to an <laughs> exercise at the same time. Yep. There's some people that will go for a half mile and then they'll stop and they'll they'll crank out 10, 15, or 20 push-ups and get up and keep going when they do that. And just by doing those things to break up that monotony, it makes you into a beast, both physically and mentally. It really does. So, um, And for me, when I'm in better shape, Joe, uh, like wasn't in bad shape this year, but I wasn't like I was the year before. My recovery is so fast when we get through those high-intensity uh, three ridge hikes, right? Sure. <laughs> we got to roll, right? Sure. So we're over a ridge, down a ridge, up another ridge, and whew, okay, we're you know now we're within 150 yards of him, and he was a half a mile away. You know what I mean? So those I recover a lot faster, and I'm able to do things, you know, to where I don't even realize it. You know, I'm just in the moment. You know, uh, but when you're not in real good shape that will seem like the most undaunting task there is because you just whipped, you know, and it happens quick. You can ask Luis. I mean, it can happen in the first hour of your hunt and you, you've, you spent everything you got and man, it makes it really rough on you from there. So, so Manano, I haven't heard from you, man. What, what do you do to to stay in shape? Nothing. Diapers. Changing diapers and, that's it, Joe. That's a secret. Modelo Negro. <laughs> and, have a, and have a bunch of friends to tell you, to help you packing the elk out. That's what I'm saying. The most important <laughs> advice you can take, man. Don't yeah, go as long alone. As you got Manano and Luis, <laughs> you're not gonna have no worries getting your elk out. Don't, don't. I mean, don't go alone. You have yeah. to. You must have somebody with you. And yeah. and and one important part of it, after you kill an elk, just take it easy. Just relax. I mean, it's, there's no, there's no race. Just yeah. hell, Manano will even go to sleep on your elk. He'll he'll pass yeah. clean out. <laughs> right on a pile of rocks. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it, that's a skill. But, that's yeah, a skill. Well, there Manano, is no doubt about that, brother. Manano has never done a, a a solo, and he's never had an elk down in 88 degree weather when he's three miles away from a vehicle <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah it changes things advantage. man it, yeah. it changes yeah. things yeah you have You're to right. be i mean you, you have to be in great shape manano is one of them guys that blessed though he's blessed with an athletic ability that god gave him and i hate guys like you manano y'all but suck. <laughs> all of you just he suck. is my perfect example though man <laughs> because at one point that's going to catch up one, one day, so maybe, I, yeah. may, maybe, man, I got some buddies of mine that are my age that are just fit as a fiddle and, you you know, it could run circles around me, you know, but, um, and they don't do nothing, Joe. They make me so mad. <laughs> you know, they can eat cake and they can eat pie and spaghetti and everything else. Man, if I eat that crap, that's what gets you the most. it on my butt because that's exactly I work, where it's I going. work out a lot. When so I was a question I get, fighting. guys. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Manano, what's that? Say no, that. I, I I I used to work out a lot when I when I when I ride uh, dirt bikes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but here I don't, I don't work out a lot. Yeah, I mean it's so when he was riding dirt bikes a lot, deal. you talk about a workout. That's a full body workout. You know? That's sure. a whole different yeah. deal. I I used yeah. to burn three thousand 
4,000 calories in every single race. Yeah. So that's a, that's a lot of cardio. Sure. Yeah, absolutely, man. So yeah. I, a question I get from people a lot of times, though, is is they ask me, can I do exercises every day? Because they, you know, yeah. when you're in high school and, and, and even when you go to these gyms and they start going into <laughs> formal weight training, you know, you're doing body parts every other day. Yeah. or Separate. Right. Back. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're doing chest, chest one back. day and then you're doing mm-hmm. legs the Arms. next day. You're doing, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what I want people to understand out there is, yes, if you're doing a weight training regimen where you're tearing down and you're building back up, that's a whole different deal <laughs> than if you're using body weight or you're doing endurance or you're doing it. Yes, you can do these exercises every day. I do, like Chab said, Pay attention to your body, though, because mm-hmm. sometimes if you start to feel something, sometimes a day of rest is more important than four days on. Right. You know, over- a couple of, couple of things on that, Joe, that I've discovered with my body, and this is just me, right? I mean, I, I have learned that when I work out, I do, the next day I feel fine. The it's actual the, the actual soreness Correct. of my bo- muscles and body, you know, comes comes to fruition the second day that's when it really hits me like a freaking train right so um that's why it's it's important to do recovery stuff on that next day on that and that's where i was going beto you hit it right on the head right i mean stretching i've also learned helps me so much reduce the amount of uh, pain that i get on that second day after the workout don't wait and so when you're done with the workout, stretch. try to stretch those muscles as much as you can. When you get up next day, stretch. stretch them again in the morning, stretch them again in the afternoon because it will make you feel way better. And if yeah, you that. maintain a regimen, uh, regimen? Yeah, you yeah. have it, regimen, right? You got it. If yeah. you maintain a regimen of, of workout, I've also found out that, hey, if I kind of do a little, bit, a little bit of workout the next day and then a little bit next day, just – being warmed up and working yeah. out also helps that blood flow through my body and minimizes the pain of the two days ago. Absolutely. Yeah, well, you got that lactic acid built up in your muscles. That's what causes the soreness. So you got to get that blood moving, you know, so and you help hair of the it. dog. For sure. And and there's nothing wrong with that. There's also a, a powdered, uh, uh, powdered BCA. Uh, yeah, it's called uh, glutamine, powdered glutamine. And uh, you put that really in some good. grape juice and uh, drink that after, you know, as your post-workout drink. And then the next morning That's when you get really, up, really drink good. some of that glutamine. It will relieve a lot of that lactic acid out of the muscles. And uh, we use it a lot with our athletes. Uh, it's really good stuff. It's, I drink know, it's it during the workout. Acid. And yeah. after the workout. Yeah, it's an amino acid. It works really good on that lactic acid. And, and, and I tell a lot of you guys too, man, it's about what you eat, drinking water. Yeah. And and like I said, what and I meant by hair of the dog is if you were yeah. doing a certain exercise, it's going to make you really sore. Like Louis said, it's not going to be so much the next day as the day after that. But you can mitigate that by doing light versions of that same exercise that next day and then early on the following day um that actually helps to flush that stuff out of the body out of those muscles to help you from being so sore and you know soreness just means that you did work to a muscle that's it's it's a good thing you know there there's nothing wrong with it now if you're having pain (laughs) 
then that's a whole different thing. Mm-hmm. So if, if we were to tell everybody thoughts on when to start, um, when should you say people should be starting to, to yes, the day. Now, yeah. man. Now, yeah. right now. now. Right now. Yeah. Right um, now. Daily, What did you say, Manano? Right now. I, 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 would oh. try, I would try three days a week to start, right, yeah. for the first three or four weeks. And then the next, the next month, go four days. And then the next month, go five days. And then before you know it, you it's six days. You know, I, I always like to have one day for my body to recuperate. Yeah. And stuff like that. So I do. Five, I do. I do between three and four a week. Yeah. yeah. But what I do is I take uh, an additional day where I just simply do a little running, and yeah. it's just a short run. It's just I feel like the running just kind of helps again that blood flow, that lungs to fill up, and just kind of it's uh, what you call you called it uh, resting. Resting okay. running, uh, what do you, or a recovering run. Recovery, yeah. That what, yeah. Recovery that's that's run. what you called yeah. it, Joe. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. I so do a recovery a, run. A, you know, a recovery run is just keeping your heart rate at a low rate. It's it's mm-hmm. long, slow, easy, yes, sir. and it just gets your body. That's a recovery run. And, and what I tell people is, like, when Gilbert says go three times a day, if you're going to do, like, an exercise regimen, or, or th- I'm sorry, three yeah. times a week, if you're doing an exercise regimen, that three times a week, but – Keep doing that walking and, and or if you're yeah. a jogger, that jogging, you know, whatever you choose to do there every day. And, but one day give yourself rest. So yeah. if you're walking every day, you, you can go Monday, Wednesday, Friday, work in your exercises that you do that yeah. and just get your walks in on the other day. Mm-hmm. You might pick mm-hmm. a day that you're doing your HIIT training, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. once you only need one HIIT training a week. Actually, yeah. one yeah. hit training and always recovery after that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Chav, you you've been Chav, you're getting ready to be 69 here real shortly, huh? Yeah, pretty soon. Oh, next yeah. month actually. Yeah. So, you've been, you know, that means that you've already for the last, you know, nine years have been doing a lot of these workouts and stuff for your particular age group. How has it changed for you? And I mean, does that mean that it stops for people? Do they have to just change it? What What do you do? How, how What would you recommend for those um, late adult onset hunters? Well, um, you know, I think Gilbert had a good point about, uh, you know, uh, doing a, a long walk, I guess, a two miler, maybe, maybe a three, mm-hmm. uh, you know, three times a week and uh, maybe just go a mile in between on, on those days, the other days, the off days. But uh, I would say the, if you're starting now, you, you have a couple of months, maybe three months to slowly start walking mm-hmm. and just adding. And I, I think uh, with me, I'll probably do 80 to 90% uh, aerobic, you know, where you can breathe okay I'm sure your your rate will get higher the longer you go, but you're breathing okay. And then maybe 20 to 10% anaerobic as you get closer <laughs> to people. And by anaerobic, I mean just uh, you know, short bursts of speed. Because uh, when you're up in the mountains hunting, a lot of it's just aerobic. You're doing a lot of walking. But every once in a while, you're going to have to maybe run from one spot to another really quick. Mm-hmm. And if you've done a little bit of uh, anaerobic training, uh, you're ready for that too. Or but, crawl up a steep hill. 
Yeah, but uh, I think at, at my age, just kind of read the body is the most important thing. Uh, you may need to take a day off, maybe even two, you know. Uh, and I don't mean completely off. You can do something on, on those days off, but you don't have to do the, the high intensity. Right. But I think uh, aerobically is the key because that'll keep you going. And so see, you... with me... Go ahead. I'm with sorry. me, I've... I've trained. I've trained so long, uh, starting in the eighth grade, <laughs> through high school and college, that uh, I've built a base over time. And even though I'm out of shape, I still have a base that I can draw from. At my age, you know, I think uh, some people that, that haven't trained really hard for a long period of time, uh, they're still building a base. Okay, you know, because uh, you know, I used to run. 15 miles a day in college, you know, five in the morning, 10 in the afternoon. That was our, that was our training, but we were, you know, we were national champions. So <laughs> it paid off. Yeah. So uh, I, my body's ac accustomed to that. That's why as I get, I'm getting older, it takes a little bit more time to get in shape, but because I've done so much training, you know, hard training, uh, I'm able to a mile, you know, once I'm able to get back, the way I want to, as far as the, the feeling back in my legs and stuff, I think I can handle that pretty easy, and even up to three miles, pretty easy. But again, I, you know, you got to start slow, read your body, make sure that you're not overextending, and uh, if you feel a, a, a little tapping sensation on your leg, that means you're going to stop, because that could be a pulled muscle, you know, a few more steps into pulled muscle or a strain, a strain muscle, I guess I should say. Mm -hmm. So, you know, read your body, see how you feel. I feel those every once in a while up in the mountains. <laughs> yeah, but Chav said something, too, that, I, that, that reminded me, and I, I want to just uh, kind of paint a different, a little bit of another picture, is that, you know, he talked about how you had the long days and then, you know, where you're doing three and then you can have which are your, your easy days or your short days for a mile. Now you can also do that differently, that mile can be your hard day because you're going to go at a harder pace, mm -hmm. you know? So because I'm only doing a mile, I can go harder. And then on my next day when I'm going three, then I'm going to go at a slower pace and a more relaxed. I'm putting on, it's kind of like that recovery phase that we're talking about, Luis. Yeah. Man. So that's something to think about too, is you can change things up. Whatever you do, don't get in pace lock. You know, uh, you know, don't make it Groundhog Day. You know, always look to add something to improve yourself a little bit. Whether it's, you know, today I'm only going to go a half mile. But, man, I'm going to go intense for that half mile. And then I'm going to walk uh, uh, and enjoy two miles after that. So it's just ways of changing things up so that your body doesn't get in a lock like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, you could do uh, what we used to call telephone poles. Yep. Uh, you know, you you uh, walk, uh, be, you know, from one telephone pole to another. Then you jog from one telephone pole to another. Then you go hard, you know, as hard as you can from one telephone pole to another. Then you walk from one. Then you repeat. You just keep repeating. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and then you can cover some quick. miles doing that too. Oh, heck yeah! Yep. Quickly. Uh, that's the real fast way to run. Uh, a mile or a two mile. Is that the intervals? Yeah, uh, it's kind of like intervals, except that it's it's never stop. I mean, mm. the actual way our runners do it, 
is uh, you're running the whole time. You go, you know, at a steady pace from one telephone pole to another. Then you pick it up and sprint to the next pole, and then you slow down again and go at a steady pace for another pole. And then you pick it up fast. You can go fast, slow, fast, slow, fast, slow. So and, it it's an active rest period. Manano, yeah. they're they're yeah. you know so it, you're teaching your body to be able to work even when it's trying to rest. Yeah. Is, is the and that's the quickest way to get in shape. If you have to, if you have a short period of time, that's a real fast way to get in shape is to do that every other yeah. day or something like that. Yeah, it's a so, good way to get a heart attack too. You <laughs> <laughs> uh, won't. <laughs> so, um, guys. Um, if you go to our website, you can go to elkrose.com and you can see where we have now a link on the top in our menu for season planning. And we're, we've put like already, um, we put our best weeks calendars in there. We put things like, um, uh, we put the, the draw dates and, and some of the hunting seasons are in there. And we're going to be adding from that, like I'm going to go and put some different workouts in there for you people that want to do some of those things that are just suggested basic um, conditioning that you can get yourself in shape. It's not where you have to go get a, a gym membership. It's using body weight. It's using your own time. It, you develop your own schedule. It's just those things to, number one, get you to get yourself prepared. So you can go and find that on there. It's going to be stuff that's going to come from this because we're hoping to help you have a preseason plan. Okay, so we're going to stick everything right there on our website. Grinders tuning in, thank you for listening to the Blue Collar Elk Hunting Podcast. Our goal is to share our knowledge and help you flatten that learning curve so that you too can have some of the very same incredible experiences that have given all of us here at Elk Bros a lifetime of memories. If you like what you hear or see, you can get all of this information plus so much more from our Base Camp Elk Hunting Training Camp, the first in a series of online courses from our Blue Collar Elk Academy. Our Base Camp Training Camp allows me to use my coaching style and share almost 40 years of elk hunting experiences successfully hunting elk on public lands as well as over 20 years guiding hunters of all ages and experience levels. This course will be like nothing you have ever experienced in concept and structure using success-based coaching techniques that will elevate your confidence and skill sets. Our camp will prepare you specifically from that final moment most in your control, those final minutes or seconds the elk is in front of you, backwards through each step and level, allowing you to see visualize, understand, and relate every coaching point to what lies ahead, the next step, the next thought process, the next success. Because y'all, you've already been there. You know what it looks like. By tapping my 30 years of teaching and coaching experience, our camps are developed considering multiple learning modes with text, visuals, audio, as well as video. And base camp will benefit those new to elk hunting all the way to the 10 to 15 year vet. So if you are looking for that one thing to help you fill that tag this year, invest in the most important piece of equipment there is, you and your elk hunting knowledge. You can find the Blue Collar Elk Hunting Academy and the Base Camp Training Camp at elkbros.com. That's E-L-K-B-R-O-S.com. Keep dreaming of the screaming, believing in achieving, and most of all, Keep grinding. <laughs>
And before we get out of here, guys, we actually, I know we didn't announce it at the beginning, but we do have an Elk Bros mailbox letters tonight. So um, we, we need to answer some of those, and we'll hit those before we get out of here. So, um, Gilbert, uh, why don't you take the first one, man? Yeah, the first one, man, we want to thank all of y'all for writing in and getting your questions here. Uh, first one comes from Michael Murray. He's out of Colorado. He says, man, there's so many companies in clothing layers uh, in the clothing layers game for the outdoors. It seems the top of the line stuff can run you as much as more than your bow. <laughs> we were just talking about that the other day, Michael. Have you guys done an episode covering what's worth the money and what's not? Um, no, we really haven't because, uh, you know, we kind of wear a whole plethora of things. I know Joe likes We his. did a while back, though. Uh, we I did. Think, uh, yeah. I think we did we talk about, about our gear. about our gear, you know. Um, we did. It was another pop uh, podcast where we did just about our gear. Um, but, you know, uh, we're grinders and blue-collar guys, man. Um, you know. Sketchy layers, man. Yeah. So Keep much layers. about so much about elk hunting's about layering up and for me it's about staying cool fellas because i can sweat i promise you uh too much clothing is no window for me uh no. so i mean look when it was snowing okay, Start peeling. <laughs> yeah when it was snowing i'm gonna tell you right now i had a base layer on which was our elk bros camo base layer Vak crew camo okay so we would definitely want to pr- promote that uh as our base layer <laughs> you're and shameless then, man you're shameless <laughs> <laughs> so it's a great camo great base layer uh so <clears throat> anyway i had that on i had an actual sika uh pullover that joe gave me and then i had my uh vest on uh after that uh which is like a selway vest um it's you know a real light vest but it's got some really good insulation in it and then i had uh a parka on over that which i hate wearing a rain parka but i'm telling you boys it was it was freaking cold so um (laughs) i'm so glad i had it um with me uh and i didn't even bring my cold weather gear so uh, man, make sure you bring your cold weather gear even when you're hunting in early September because we had, you know, six inches of snow hit us there on and September And really, you 9th. need that cold weather gear more in camp than you do while you're actually <laughs> hunting. Yeah, you yeah know, for sure. But, but from now on, from now on, we're going to have a fire in camp, so we might not need <laughs> oh, yeah. that daggum gear, Joe. So <laughs> I do I get Bonanno's attention. That's still debatable. Uh, man. That's no, we're going to have to go back. I'm not bagging on anybody. It's the kind anybody. of deal when you go black, you can go <laughs> yeah. back or something like Dude, that. We're going to have to find a better location for it, though, because I'm I'm still unpa- unpacking we, stuff we, that we still smells like burnt. We don't need a fire, man. We don't need a fire, man. It's <laughs> yeah. We do. We do need it. <laughs> We we do. We, we do. should move, have move, one. Move to Luis's campsite. Uh, we should have one, Joe. Yeah. Look, <laughs> so for me, for me, I don't want to bag on anybody's camo. I think all camo's good. Uh, their their equipment. I mean, if you stick to the basics, man. If you stick to, I call them the big four. I mean, when you're talking about camo that's out there, there's some really good merino stuff that First Lights got out. Uh, really, and like you can their find stuff. that on. Look, there there's a site called Camo Fire. Yeah. There's a black oversight. Yeah. You guys can go to that. And, and Michael, no, you do not have to spend that same amount for, Agreed. you know, what yeah. your bow is, man. I mean, um, 
you know, Chab and I survived um, uh, for years on stuff that, you know, we would find at yard sales. Uh, the most important thing was to have something that was a little bit of a base underneath if you needed it or, or up on top. Uh, I don't worry about matching. I think I think the best way for you to break up is to have different camo from the bottom to the top. Uh, so we don't worry about that, about that kind of stuff. I mean, that's I, I, I just don't. I just don't buy that myself. And, um, you know, now, look, if you want to get yourself one of those more expensive pieces of equipment, well, you know, then that's great. The it's all relative, man. It's yeah. more power to you. Whatever makes you feel like you're going to be successful out there, do that. Do you have to do that? No, you do not. <laughs> um, I mean, I, we've lived off of Walmart T-shirts, me and Chav, for 30 years, man. And, yeah. you know, I bought some cheap polyprope to put underneath of that um yeah. we shower so we try to mitigate our scent and things like that we don't have to worry and we have enough chones and that means underwear for you guys that don't yeah. know. you know we have enough pair we have one for every day if we yeah. need to and throw stuff in a dirty bag but yeah you know uh i bring a i bring a pair every day i change yeah. my underwear every day and yeah. then i have a pair of socks that i and look guys if you invest in anything that's expensive invest in you some good socks because your feet are going to take a horrible ass whipping when you're up there in these mountains. Well, and it's I tell just... you, it, 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 you know, the socks and stuff. And if you think about it, if you are getting cold and stuff, uh, the neck gaiters that they have out there now, yep. just keeping your neck warm, having something on top of your head, yep. you know, uh, no, Michael, you do not have to spend that much. And there, is there a bunch of that stuff that is worth their money? I, I'm sorry, Um uh, but I do not think that some of those things that are priced as much as they are, and I hate to see that everybody is bumping higher and higher in that game because people are paying higher and higher in that game because people associate a high price with high quality. Well, yeah, there there are high quality lines out there, but do I still think that that price matches? Yeah, Maybe I don't, and, and there's some of those I just don't. I mean... Um, uh, if it's got Gore-Tex in it, Joe, I feel like it's a real quality product, right? If you're, if, because it's, it's 100% waterproof and there is nothing worse than being wet up in the mountains. No, right? I, I, I mean, I, so I, I, I like Gore-Tex, uh, equipment and if it's got a good Gore-Tex lining in it and stuff like that, you're probably what? paying for something that's good. But if it's not Gore-Tex, you're probably paying for something that's going to fail pretty quick. Well, and how often do we need we're not in alaska so right. i mean it, there's some of that extreme gear you know that that yeah. some of these companies make that you had better have in extreme conditions you bet and you. and yes you can hit some extreme conditions but i guarantee you that if you are ready with your right layers you can survive those extreme condition if they surprise you like we did in the yep. mountains man we were not ready for that but we had layers that helped us survive that right you bet you. so yep. um i think it might be something worth visiting in the future for us to talk about. yeah man i mean i'd be willing to lay my clothing out and let you look i mean like i said it's pretty much a base layer i wear a cotton pair of bdus i mean seriously i'm not lying here it's a cotton pair of real tree bdus and i wear uh yeah. you know 
with some core four element gear that you can't even buy anymore. And you know, I, core four yeah, element went it's out. It's better to invest money in air mattress and a body heater. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I, I was I was listening to somebody talk the other day. I think it was Mark Livesey that was saying, you know, is that a problem sometimes for people, and the reason they have a hard time getting up and hunting sometimes is they're too comfortable. <laughs> I don't care about it. I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't no, know. no. I'll, uh, I'll be, uh, I'll be uh, willing to Some argue of the that. Some the sleep I get, man, is that That's nap. That's a big no her. from me. Hey, so Luis, why don't you take the next one there, man? Absolutely, brother. From Mr. Rick, Rick Hoops, uh, Shepherdsville, Kentucky. He says, last year, two of my buddies and myself went to Northwest Montana for our first elk archery hunt. Uh, we all had opportunities on elk, but never capitalized. This year, we're planning on an OTC archery elk in Colorado. My question is, which type of unit would you be interested in? One with a high success rate or high number of elk harvested? I have heard the horror stories of, over, of overcrowding. <laughs> Uh, would we be better off in less crowded unit or a unit with more elk and getting deep in the back country? We do not have the problem with that, uh, and we adapt pretty well in si to situations. We are very inexperienced, but definitely work hard. Thanks for your podcast. Just started listening and enjoy all the content, and we'll soon join the base camp. So Rick Hoops from Kentucky, man. That was a great. Have, man. You yeah, know, that was a great My son-in-law would uh uh he loves kentucky wildcats and this guy has a basketball last name <laughs> so mm. yeah pretty awesome that was a great... uh, say that again bud you kind of went out that was a great question do you hear me yeah, you hear me? yeah yes, we got i hear you, you now yeah okay that was a great question. i'm gonna take this one uh, when i started hunting in the public land i i review i don't know so many uh, public areas and mm -hmm. uh, and uh, harvest success rate and stuff and the percentages and uh, I and I started going to the high uh, percentage success areas and I found so but so many hunters mm -hmm. so many hunters and I did see some uh, white-tailed deers and stuff but I mean it was really hard to to capitalize on that those opportunities. So then I I started hunting in in, in those um, areas and nobody goes. Of course I was hunting. I was going for hawks for pigs. Mm -hmm. So I mean, uh, and I now I I rather go into you know low percentage success areas because. If you go, if you're going to for an OTC tag, mm -hmm. uh, I, I would rather go for a low low percentage. Well, it doesn't have to be low areas. either. I mean, Definitely. it could be it could be something in between, man. I mean, but I, I agree with you. Is if I if I saw high percentage uh, success rate in a place, uh, man, I, I'm crossing that off, and I'm going to look for something that's just a little bit below that where other people are going yeah. to look by it maybe even mid-level uh yeah in yeah. my case was because that particular area was hard to get mm -hmm. into the good uh you know area yeah so i i have to walk mile Three and a half or yeah. two miles yeah 
A lot of people to, won't to do get it. In the, in the, in the, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so, you know the the thing is too is is to find some of those areas that are low success rate that might have features there that are causing that. You know, it might have something where people end up staying close because they don't want to go down and cross up on the other side of a hill or something like that. You know, some areas are just friggin' tough. But, you know, uh, you know, Rick, for for me, you know, it's kind of like kind of like when you're fishing on a lake and one person's catching, right? <laughs> and next thing you know, there's like 10 boats all in the same area. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. You know? Well, there's a lot of fish in that river or in that lake. You just got to go move and find the next spot that everybody's not. And, yeah. you know, it, I would much rather fish a lake that has decent fishing and I can relax out there and have a chance to, to bring home some fish than sit there and fight a whole crowd the whole time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a success rate does not tell you that you're going to kill elk. It means that other people have killed elk. Mm -hmm. And yeah. If other people are seeing that that's there, there's a bunch of people that are going to just, you know, think that that means they're going to be successful because other people have killed elk there. And that's just not the case. So be the person that sets the trend. My question to Rick is if he had opportunities in Montana, how come he's leaving there? You know, Colorado's got more hunters in it than anything. I mean, it's one of the most hunted states in the country. So Montana's not. Uh, so. I mean, I wonder why he's uh, making the switch. I mean, you can write back in, Rick, uh, hit me up at gilbert at elkbros.com. I'd like to know why you're making that switch because it sounds like to me if y'all had opportunities in Montana, I'd be, I'd be getting back because, I, man, I, I hear Montana. a fair Montana's, question. I hear Montana's straight up awesome. Now, it's grizzly country, no doubt, but – yeah, but Maybe to, to your point, if they, they all had opportunities, that, yeah. that says something. Yeah, cool. yeah that says something deal, if they had opportunities. But That's let me, a big deal. Rick, let me tell you two other things before we head out of here tonight, and that is that overcrowding, when you have a lot of people, what you have to do is hunt when other people are not hunting. Not necessarily where they're hunting, but when they're not. And there's a lot of people that are not going to be hunting midday. They're not going to be doing the night bugling. They're not going to be out there two hours early or and during be the week. animals. So um, there's ways of avoiding pressure as well when you do that. The other thing is, is, is don't go where everybody's going. I mean, trailheads, end of the mm -hmm. roads, where everybody's parking and going, hunting from there. You know, hunt in those areas between the, you know, where the hunt unit starts and where everybody's going that they're driving by all the time there's a lot of great elk hunting that a lot of people drive by all the time uh one thing i would never do in colorado is start hunting from a trailhead that would be a big x for me i'm going to find those areas but be between there i'm going to find pull-offs and other places that i can go and just jump out of my vehicle and hunt where most people aren't going so that's just something to think about right there fantastic questions absolutely that's, that's exactly what we're looking for guys you know if you like what we're doing please subscribe rate and review you got to go to apple podcast or apple itunes to review us and you can check out more elk hunting content at elkbros.com and big reminder if you guys you listeners really like uh, what we're doing you want your questions answered on the show just send your question to info that's info at elkbros.com 
Joe, as usual, some fantastic content about training, getting our bodies in shape, which, like Louis said, goes into getting our minds in shape because when our bodies can, our minds can. Uh, fantastic stuff. Always great to have, you know, the professionals in the house talking about it. I'm excited. You know, I feel as good as I've ever felt physically. Um, back to you know doing my walking and stuff like that so i'm gonna come into elk camp ready to rock and roll this year and get after them so um there's some really cool stuff y'all y'all stay tuned in the next few broadcasts and the next next few shows because there are going to be some cool things that we're going to talk about and maybe coming up for us here as well that uh can engage with our our listeners also um you know guys you know we've said this time and time again you know um if you got get an opportunity, man, please take a child hunting and fishing too, so they too can out enjoy the, enjoy the outdoors. You know, um, unbelievable stuff this week, Joe. Uh, can't wait to get after it again next week. I'm sorry we can't do our podcast every day. That'd be awful fun. But <laughs> Joe wouldn't have no time to do anything. We pushing on him to get video content out and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> Joe's a, I called him this week spouting off a bunch of whole new ideas and everything. He's like, Oh man, I'm in a idea overload. Big O you're going to have to give me a day or so, you know? So, uh, it's uh there's some really cool stuff coming up here we know the the venezuela mafia gonna pop their first show uh y'all y'all be looking forward to that our, to our spanish-speaking audience i can't wait to see the good stuff that these guys are gonna yeah. do always good to have joe and chav in the house and like we say down here in the lone star state husbands kiss your wives wives kiss your husbands hug your babies keep your broad head sharp and your powder dry and we'll see you next week right here on blue collar elk hunting Peace, peace, everybody. Peace. Bye-bye. You want to succeed. You want to fish. You want to be one of the greatest. Tune in to West Marine's Life on the Water, presented by Costa Custom Boats, every Saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Spend your Saturdays with life on the water. Join Captain Brandon Simmons for fishing, diving, travel, and so much more. You want to succeed. You want to fish. You want to be one of the greatest. Oh, look at that thing, dude. Wow. Oh. <laughs> Let's see what kind of trouble we can get into today. Don't miss Life on the Water every Saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. <laughs> the destination for outdoor entertainment.